Good evening and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing by loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. And on this edition, it's a last minute impromptu edition. We're going to be talking about the Emirates Cup. Hello, good evening to you all. Uh, Harry Simiu here, uh, coming to you with a live stream this evening. It is a last minute uh, live stream. Um, it's been a really, really busy day, but a really good day uh, from a personal perspective. I, as many of you will have probably seen on social media, um, I had the pleasure of being in the Arsenal press box uh, today for the first time. I've never done that before. So for me, you know, that is a really big deal. It might not be a big deal. Um, to a lot of people, but to me, um, it is. Now, I apologise in advance because the title of this video, for some reason, still says uh, Arsenal to sign Nicolas Pepe. That's not what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to say um, about the Emirates Cup, but I think that's only coming through on Twitter, so bear with me um, and I'll get that changed ASAP. But um, as I was saying, first time uh, I got to... Uh, be in the press box at the Emirates Stadium. And it was a fantastic experience. Got there nice and early. Um, lots of people asking me how it is. It's flipping fantastic. It's a really good day. Um, it's busy, though. It's non-stop. And today, obviously, I had the press pass and I got to go to both games. Um, so it was the Arsenal women versus Bayern Munich first. And then, of course, uh, the men's game took place after that. Now, I didn't have any work to do on the women's game. Um, but I took up my seat and as somebody who's trying to make their way in this profession, I thought it'd be a great game to practice on, you know, to practice my techniques of writing whilst watching the game, etc, etc. Try out all the different theories I've learned, um, but in a safe environment because I wasn't going to have that published anywhere. Um, and it worked a treat because for the second game, uh, I managed to cover things a lot better and in a lot more depth, a lot more detail. And I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed being around other people uh, doing that sort of work. I enjoyed being around, um, you know, uh, the the players, the managers, the the whole thing, the, just the whole day was fantastic. It was great. Um, let's talk about the game a little bit, though, uh, as well, because I'm sure uh, that's what you guys want to hear about. And once again, apologies to those of you who are watching us live on Twitter and on Facebook. I don't know why the title has not come through the new title, but this is not about Nicolas Pepe. This is about the Emirates Cup. Um, Arsenal uh, ladies didn't play very well, if I'm completely honest. Now, I didn't find that game particularly inspiring, if I'm being completely honest. And it's nothing to do with the fact that it was a women's football match. I'm not one of those people that sits here and goes, oh, it's women's football. We shouldn't watch it, blah, blah, blah. It's rubbish, it's rubbish, etc. I'm not one of those people because I actually quite enjoyed the World Cup. Uh, I enjoyed the Women's World Cup, but I'm not afraid to say that I wasn't a big advocate of women's football before that. Um, but that kind of changed my mind a little bit and, uh, you know, made me see the, the women's game very differently. But that game today was just a poor game in terms of uh, there was a real lack of excitement. You know, the football wasn't great, et cetera, et cetera. And the uh, crowd started off really, really light. But fortunately, it started to fill up around about halfway through. Um, and so we had a much bigger crowd uh, for the first team game a bit later on, which was great. 
Moving on to the first team game. Uh, we were in the press room before the game and the team sheets came out. Um, and, and they were, of course, handed out. We went and collected our team sheets, etc. And we were told by the press officer that uh, Said Kalasinac and Mesut Ozil had been rested by Unai Emery. They turned up in the morning in their cars just like everybody else. But given what had happened the other day with the attempted carjacking, etc., etc., uh, after having a chat, chat, Unai Emery felt it best to uh, give those guys a bit of a break. Uh, he told them to rest, and uh, he said in his press conference after that he's not sure uh, whether they'll get another few days off uh, just to be with their families. It was, of course, um, you know, the kind of experience that nobody wants to go through. It was a bad reflection on our city, which is a shame. But um, it's understandable why they would be shaken up, in particular, Mesut Ozil. Serkalashinac didn't look shaken up at all, did he? He was jumping around uh, trying to get the guys. But yeah, it, it wasn't a nice thing. And, and I think Unai Emery's done the right thing here. And I've criticised Unai Emery's man management in the past. So I'm going to give him credit here. I'm going to say he's done the right thing by, by giving them that sort of little break, little breather uh, to gather their thoughts and get their heads together. Now, of course, the game started um, and Alexander Lacazette picked up a knock really, really early on. I think it was around about six or seven minutes in when he first uh, went off the pitch holding his, his foot or his ankle. Um, at the time, I thought it was his foot. Around about six minutes after that, so on the 12th minute or so, he was substituted for Reese Nelson. And at that point, uh, I thought, oh, shit, what's happened here? It didn't look good. Um, Alexander Lacazette went down the tunnel. He was walking, mind you, so it wasn't that, that bad, but it didn't look good. He went down the tunnel and he returned later on with a protective boot uh, over his uh, over his foot. So it looked probably worse than it actually is. Unai Emery confirmed in the press conference after that they think it's a sprained ankle. That's uh, the initial diagnosis. Um, somebody put a question to the uh, to Unai Emery regarding uh, whether or not he had any x-rays or scans or if that will be done. And the press officer actually responded by saying uh, that there will be uh, scans over the next couple of days. They'll assess it over the next couple of days. So they were quite vague on sort of what the next steps were. But Unai Emery was uh, quite certain that it wasn't anything too serious and that Lacazette, him and the doctor had had a conversation and decided it was best for Alexander Lacazette to not risk it any further, to make way and to come off uh, and be replaced. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang opened the scoring. Surprise, surprise. It was a really powerfully whipped-in cross by Henrik Mkhitaryan. And Aubameyang didn't have to generate any power on it. All he had to do was guide it into that bottom corner. And he'd done that brilliantly. It was another Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang expert finish, linking up with his old pal Henrik Mkhitaryan again, who again, was good in patches, but always in patches with Mkhitaryan. And that's kind of the frustration uh, with him. Reese Nelson came on. I thought he'd done okay, Reese Nelson. I think that Reese Nelson is one of those players who's so tricky, um, really skillful, really sharp, really quick. But often that final end product is missing. And that's the disappointing thing. And that's why sometimes when I sit here and I say, I'm not sure that the youngsters can do it. That's why. It's not because I don't want them to succeed. It's because at times you can see there's an immaturity in some of them. You can see that they're not able uh, to pick out the killer bars often enough. And I know not every player does it every single time, but you have to be able to do it 
more often than not. And I don't think that Reese Nelson is quite at that point yet. Um, I'd heard sort of uh, talks about him following his time in Germany and, and from some German football experts who told me that he was very hit and miss in Germany. And I could see what they meant based on his performance today. There was a couple of examples where he cut inside and then there were really tame, weak efforts that rolled almost into the goalkeeper's hands. And then there was another occasion where he beat his man again on the edge of the box and whipped a really dangerous shot towards the far post and it just went wide. And you think, that's more like it. Yes, it was wide, but there was more venom in it, more emphasis in it, and it, it was a far better effort. So, um, you know, I, I, th I think that's where I stand on Reese Nelson at the moment. But I, I'm only basing that on what we've seen in pre-season, and it's hard to do so. It's hard to make definitive judgments on, uh, you know, such... Uh, you know, little samples, which which is what we've got at the moment, unfortunately, because it is pre-season. Um, after that second half, uh, I thought that Leon came out a lot stronger. Um, Moussa Dembele was up top, the former Celtic man, a player that lots of top clubs were linked with. He uh, made a real difference up top. Him and Memphis Depay were combining really well. Uh, Depay had a shot tipped around the post by Leno early on in the second half. And then it was uh, Dembele who converted the Pies cross. It was a good header into the bottom corner. No chance for Bern Leno. Um, and Arsenal dropped off a little bit in the second half, I thought. The, Unai Emery made the change and Ketia came on. It looked as though we went to a 4-4-2. Uh, Willock dropped back into the midfield alongside Granit Xhaka. Um, and, you know, Gabriel Martinelli came on too. And he actually had a goal chalked off. Um, I believe it was for offside. Uh, and, you know, the crowd thought that the goal had been given. Um, but then again, the crowd thought Aubameyang scored a free kick today. Half the stadium did anyway. So that's not something to go by. But anyway, um, Martinelli's goal was chalked off. And just moments later, uh, Leon went down the other end and, and took the lead. Uh, this time, Dembele beating the offside trap and slotting home uh, to put Leon 2-1 ahead. Uh, so really disappointed defending again. Laps of concentration. I would say for both goals, I'd probably say Socrates um, from memory was the man to blame for the first one. Um, but I haven't seen anything back. I've, I've been at the game. I've seen a couple of replays because in the press box, you get these really cool little screens uh, that show you the replays instantly, which is fantastic. A big help. But when you're trying to write, watch and look at the screen, you can miss things. It gets a bit difficult and Something that, of course, uh, hopefully, anyway, I'll improve with uh, with some practice. Um, but yeah, so Leon went ahead. Danny Ceballos um, gave a little cameo performance, cameo role. He was given about 20-odd minutes or so uh, by Unai Emery. And although he didn't do anything huge, he didn't really do anything massive, you could see the class. You could see some really silky touches. You could see that he's comfortable um, with the ball at his feet, carrying the ball. He's very good at carrying the ball. And you could see that he's a very forward-thinking midfield player. Now, although he came and sat in a slightly deeper role alongside Granit Xhaka, because then Arsenal switched formation again, he showed that he's very forward-thinking, very positive. And he could, this could be the player that we've been missing, you know, in that deeper position. Um, I do worry about... Uh, who he has alongside him. I think that's probably a, a really difficult decision that Unai Emery has to sit and work out. Will Sabayos start all the time? Will he, if he does, who will he start alongside, etc., etc. So lots and lots for Unai Emery to think about. 
But it's a positive. Having someone like Danny Ceballos within the squad is, of course, a positive. Really impressed me. Um, excited the crowd too. And uh, brilliant to see. Now, Arsenal, unfortunately, lost the Emirates Cup. Uh, both the men and the women. We both lost it. So we had to watch the Bayern women lift the trophy. And then the Leon players. But for those of you who weren't there and didn't see the game, I don't think I've ever seen a less enthusiastic trophy presentation. And it's understandable. You know, it's a friendly trophy. But it just made me chuckle. I'm not going to lie. Right. Um, let's move on to the press conference. I've told you what Emery said about Lacazette. Uh, but he did also talk about this man, Nicolas Pepe. Uh, he was asked about Nicolas Pepe. Uh, he was asked how close is Nicolas Pepe to joining Arsenal. And Unai Emery did what all managers do in this situation, pretty much, and dodged the bullet. Um, he said that Nicolas Pepe is a very good player. He did say that. Um, and he also said that, um, you know, Arsenal are only looking to bring in players that will improve the squad. So sticking to the same sort of rhetoric that we've heard throughout the summer. So make of that what you will add that together, come up with whatever you want. But that's what Unai Emery said. Uh, nothing more, nothing less. Now, I was asked on Twitter, actually, uh, when I got back, who my man of the match was. And I've got to say it was this man, Joe Willock. I thought he was fantastic especially in the first half, I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was so good. I thought he was, um, you know, in charge of everything Arsenal were doing. He was inventive, creative, energetic, um, creating room for shots for himself, in fact. I thought he was really, really good. Um, and also, interestingly, actually, while I've got this on the screen and you can see it, for those of you watching on the video, uh, those of you on the audio will have to use your imaginations, but on the Arsenal shirt, Instead of saying fly Emirates, it says Emirates fly better. Now, I don't think that's a permanent thing because, you know, we, we've seen the shirts been released. Lots of people bought them and that's not on them. Uh, but interesting that they changed that for the Emirates Cup. Uh, maybe the company are going with a different slogan. I do not know. But Joe Willock, sensational today. Um, a player I've maybe not given enough credit in the past, but there was no question that he was... Arsenal's star performer today, in my opinion. I thought he'd done really, really well. Uh, now, let's have a look at some of your comments coming in live. Um, duh, duh, duh. Uh, Healy 007, Arsenal press box, hashtag live goals. Mate, it was a, a really good experience. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to go again. It'll be great, but it is, um, it, it is a fantastic experience, but... There's a long way to go before I'm a regular in there, but I'll, I will keep working at it. Uh, Claude from AFTV. Claude, how you doing, mate? Welcome to the stream. He says, I'm glad I didn't pay 25 quid for that rubbish. Well done on getting in the press box. Thank you very much, Claude. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Kartik Jan 23 says, you have listened from the horse's mouth. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that is true indeed. Uh, Baneodis Hambi says, if we get Pepe and Tierney, where do you think we'll come in the league and the Europa? I think if we get Pepe and Tierney, we have a really, really good chance of making the top four. We had a chance of making the top four last season and we spurned it. But what I will say is I still worry about certain areas of this team and I still worry about that central defensive area. It's a real problem for me. And I also worry about what happens at right back when Hector Bellerin's not available. I'm not sure that Ainsley Maitland-Niles is up to it. It's not... Because I don't like the player, I just he's not a right back, is he? And at times it shows, and particularly against the better opposition. 
Um, let's see. Uh, Good Love 101 says, hi. Hi to you too, mate. Uh, Russ Morgan says, well done on today, mate. Thank you very much, Russ. Uh, really, really appreciate your constant support. Uh, UKWEZ, man of the match, Joe Willock. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Joe Willock for me uh, was brilliant. Uh, Egal Ibrahim says, Joe Willock, is it a coincidence that once he came off against Real Madrid, we collapsed? And also today in the second half. For me, he's a must start in the midfield against Newcastle. I think that Joe Willock was brilliant. I, I, how many times can I say it on, on this podcast? I think he was brilliant. I do think that Joe Willock has a good chance of starting at Newcastle United because, um, well, for, for a number of reasons, Genduzi was late returning. Uh, Torreira was at the African Nations. Iwobi was away. Um, you know, so of course Willock has a chance of starting, and I, I'm sure he'll be in there with a shout. No doubt about that. Uh, Healy 007 says, good call by Una regarding Ozil Kalasinac. Agreed. Carlito says, how did Ceballos look uh, without sort of repeating myself? Um, he was good. He was good. He, he was good in what he did. It wasn't um, spectacular, but there were some classy touches there and you could see uh, that he's got a lot of ability and fingers crossed we see the best of him this season. I do think though, watching him, it would take a bit of time for him to settle into the English Premier League. I know it was Leon today, um, but I look at him and wonder whether the physical element will be a bit much at the beginning. And that's not to say because he can't handle it or because he's not capable, but I think players just need to adapt uh, to the different style of football. Uh, that's that's what it's all about. Uh, call Ferg X. Congrats, Harry. Showing us that normal fans can do something if we put our minds to it. Some man, wish you nothing but success. Thanks a lot, mate. Really, really appreciate your support. Without you guys uh, listening to the podcast, reading my articles, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't have got to go there. Um, so thank you so much to all of you. Uh, Ray Best 98, Nelson is getting there, top talent. I agree with you, Nelson is getting there, but he's still got a bit more to go, uh, in my opinion, before he's ready to start for the Arsenal. I think, like I said earlier on, his final ball at times and decision-making is still a little bit lacking. Uh, limitless FA, Ceballos looks tidy. I hope Nelson gets a chance this year. Um, big shout-out to Limitless Football Academy. Uh, brilliant academy. Uh, he also says, defence is our issue. Yeah, agree with you, mate. Can't disagree with that whatsoever. And, and fingers crossed we get some more recruits in uh, between now and the end of the season. Keep your comments coming. We're going to keep this stream going as long as we have comments and interaction from you guys. Matt Hales, Sabios is a talent. I hope we get him permanently. Him and Torreira should be a great partnership. Like I said, I think that is the biggest and most difficult decision that Unai Emery will have to make this season is whether or not he pairs him with Torreira, whether he pairs him with Xhaka. My head says that he'll pair him with Xhaka because he spoke in the press conference about Xhaka being one of the captains. Do you leave one of your captains out? But then again, Emery was doing that sort of thing last season. By the way, let me know what you think about the captaincy. Um, because Emery said, he said, I have Xhaka, I have Monreal, I have Ozil, and I will decide numbers one, two, three, four, and five in the coming weeks. That, those were his words. That's what he said to us in the press conference after the game. Has Unai Emery maybe devalued the Arsenal captaincy a little bit by picking five captains? I mean, when you look at last season's captains, he left Ozil out for l large periods of the season. Uh, Aaron Ramsey's gone. 
you know, Koscielny doesn't want to play for us anymore. So, you know, it feels like that kind of approach backfired last season. So what does he do uh, from now on? Let's, uh, let's have your thoughts on that in the comments. Brandon, with the quality players our recruitment team are identifying and getting, I'm a lot more confident of this rebuild. Uh, Matt Hales again. Joe Willock has been the best player every game preseason. season uh, Unai's Gunas, what number will he wear? Who are you talking about, mate? Let me know in the comments and I'll try and come back to you on that. Uh, again, uh, Lee Farrell, another one on Ceballos. Another, uh, you know, I'll say it again. Good performance, tidy performance. Um, and, and he's a player I'm excited about. Uh, Carlito, any news on the centre-back from Juventus? I assume you're talking about Rugani. Uh, no, not at the moment. I know that the feeling in Turin last season was that Rugani never really lived up to what Juventus hoped he would be. He's not um, regarded as a top, top-class centre-back. And they went out and bought uh, Matthias De Ligt for a large sum of money. So... Rugani could well be on the move. Whether Arsenal will be his destination, I couldn't tell you. There's not any indication of that other than paper talk at the moment. Um, not a great deal of that coming out of Italy at the moment. It seems to be uh, a story that is being um, put out by a lot of foreign press, but not so much the press in Italy. Uh, there are, of course, reports of it out there, but they don't really have much substance at this moment in time. Masterson 22, don't you find it worrying that our owner, an excited son, don't appear hands-on in the transfer attempts for Nicolas Pepe? Napoli owner is the opposite and could be the reason we lose out. If we're to believe the reports, mate, it seems that Arsenal have beaten Napoli in the race to, to Nicolas Pepe. So I'm not sure entirely why you're overly concerned about that. But Napoli's owner is a very different character, but then the model and structure of clubs in Italy is very different to that of the ones here in the UK. Kroenke has put people in place to do those things, to go out and do those transfer negotiations. The presidents in Italy are judged on the deals they do. They're judged on that sort of thing and they're very active. That is just the way it is out there. It is very, very different. And I think it's a culture difference. And I'm not sure that an owner being so hands-on as opposed to having someone whose actual profession it is, is is a better idea. So I don't think that Napoli will get Nicolas Pepe. I think he's on his way to Arsenal. Um, that's just my feeling on it. And based on the, of course, uh, you know, rumours that we've heard and the stories that we've heard in the last few days. Kaza9668, uh, can I ask a couple of questions? What do you think of Rugani rumours? Again, don't think that that's necessarily uh, going to happen. But if you scroll back, you'll hear... Um, what I had to say on that, Wang Yong Chen, concerned about the Rugani rumours, not good enough in my eyes, agree with you there. Um, he's a lot better than some of the players we got, but is he top, top class? No, and then it comes back to that point, doesn't it, that Unai Emery keeps making. We will only bring players in if they're going to significantly improve us. Um, so, yeah, let's see. Uh, Craig Tanner, Joe Willock was outstanding today. Nelson and Nketi were very good too. Um, agree with Willock. Agree that Nelson and Nketi were good too, but again, I'll make that point about their end product. It wasn't quite there. Russ Morgan, even if we get Tierney, do you think we still need a centre-back? Yeah, I do. Um, to put that plainly, I, I really do. Um, if Emery doesn't finish in the top four in the new season, does he have to go? I'd say yeah. Um, I would say yes. Um, but that's not anything personal to Unai Emery. I just think that 
that's what he was brought in to do. And if he can't do it in two seasons, then it's time to look elsewhere. Uh, Brandon, Harry, have you enjoyed our rivals' reactions to how we have more than a £40 million budget? I have, yeah, I agree. Uh, Adasha Panthi, which centre-back do you prefer? It's so hard to say, mate. There's so many out there. Um, I just want someone that is going to improve us. Um, someone who is in the mould of Socrates in the sense that he's authoritative, that he barks out instructions, that he's organised and he's an organiser, but not of that ability, someone with more ability. Because I don't particularly rate Socrates. I never have. Um, but I just think he wins a lot of fans over because of the way he acts and the way he is. Uh, Japadolo, hi, thanks for the updates. One question, what do you make of Unai's comments on transfers? I think Unai's just stuck to the same rhetoric that he has throughout this summer, to be honest. Nothing really new. And what I will say about the press conference, actually, and I've been to press conferences before. I've been to five or six Premier League press conferences now. None of Arsenal, by the way. Today was the first one of Arsenal uh, that I'd been to. And what I found was that I felt it was really, really protected. I felt like the press officer, you know, I know they've got a job to do and he does a great job. But he's, he's, it feels like his brief is to protect Unai Emery from saying anything controversial at all costs. And that was kind of uh, the, the vibe I got from there. And I, Unai Emery's media trained himself. His English might not be great, might not always get across the point he wants uh, in the way he wants. But he's not silly. He knows what he's saying. And it feels like they're not giving much away. Um, let's have a look here. Lots of you with comments. Uh, thank you for them. Keep them coming. But if it's something I've already touched on, I'm just going to skip past them because we've got uh, only around about five minutes left um, because I am absolutely knackered, to be honest. Uh, the PA Guna, what did you make of Mustafi getting booed? I thought it was fucking out of order, to be honest. I don't understand why people want to boo their own player. Yes, he's not great. Yes, he makes mistakes. Yes, he's not Arsenal's, you know, best centre-back. Yes, he's a terrible centre-back at times. But does he deserve to be booed? No, because I don't see how that helps a player whose confidence has already been slashed um, over the last couple of years. I don't see how that helps him. I just don't. And I'm at times embarrassed by our support and some of the things they do. And, and that was another prime example of that. Andre Cossack, what would be your lineup for the Newcastle game? Great show. Thank you, mate. Um, I'd go Leno in goal. I'd go Maitland-Niles because Bellerin's not going to be fit. I'd go Socrates. Mustafi, a lot of you are going to be up in arms about that. Um, but I still think Mustafi's better than Chambers and Holding isn't going to be available. Uh, I'd go uh, Monreal at left-back. Uh, in the midfield, I'd go Xhaka. Mm -hmm. Do you go Ceballos? Yeah, I'll go Jacka Ceballos. Uh, Ozil might be a little bit lightweight, but uh, I like to attack. Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe when we sign him. That's what I'd go with. Uh, but yeah, it, look, it's really difficult to predict a starting lineup at this point in the season because you don't know how fit certain people are. You don't know how they've recovered from the summer. Uh, there's lots and lots and lots of... Um, you know, there's lots and lots and lots of factors that you need to take into account. So I'm not going to sit here and and say that that's the lineup I'd go with. And I, Unai Emery should absolutely go with that. That's what I'd like to play with. I think that Arsenal is so poor defensively. It's got to be about attack, attack, attack. But 
Um, I accept that at this stage in the season, given the international competitions that have taken place over the summer, people's fitness levels vary. And that's for the manager and the coaching staff to make a judgment. Uh, Justin underscore Guna, would you take Cahill for a year rather than Tierney? Currently looking at the centre-back choices. Yeah, I would. I would. Um, not because I don't want Kieran Tierney, but I think that centre-back is a much more urgent need for us. You know, people talk about us desperately needing a left-back. I know that Monreal's over the hill. I know that Kalasinac's defending at times leaves a lot to be desired for. But what I will say um, is that for me, we've got two left-backs. Whether they're top-class or not is another argument, but we do have two left-backs. And they are better left-backs than the reserve centre-backs we have. So for me, that's more of a priority. Uh, Kaza9668, what do you make of no questions at Unai's presser about Tierney? I was sitting next to uh, a colleague and a good friend, Mike Stavrou. We were in the press conference together and we were both surprised that there was no question about Kieran Tierney in the press conference. We were also surprised that there was no question about Lauren Koscielny and his future and what the update is on that because he refused to go on the preseason tour. We've heard he's training at Coney. What's the update? We as fans deserve to know. But those questions weren't asked. And by the time, you know, I, I put my hands up. I wasn't going to ask about Kieran Tierney. I did have my hand up for a while, though, um, ready to ask the Lauren Koscielny question. And by the time they got round to me, the press officer cut the conference short and said, no, no, no more questions. Thank you. So, yeah, I was a bit disappointed there because I wanted to get that question in. I wanted to know um, what what the deal was. But I guess I've learned something today. I've learned that if you want to get a question in, don't be polite, <laughs> be a bit blunt, be a bit rude, uh, like some of the others are, not mentioning any names, and um, get your question in early doors. Uh, Mike Stavrou, imagine some people using the weak air to you because of our defending in a preseason friendly. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything on that. <laughs> uh, Matt Hales, Xhaka slows the game down and he's still slopping the ball. Laka, Socrates and Torreira would be better captains. Uh, do, do, do. Limitless FA again. If we sign Pepe, Tierney and possibly a centre-back, I don't think anybody can blame the Cronkies this season. I agree with you there. I think if that was to happen, you'd have to look at the management. Um, you know, and the individual player's performance if we don't reach our targets, having done that level of business. Uh, Zod Sinclair, Pape Abu Sise, that's is that the Olympiacos man? Um, I've heard good things, not seen a great deal about him. Um, been slacking on my Greek football in the last year or so, to be honest. Um, decided I'd spend a lot more time watching Italian football, which is of a much higher standard. Um, but I've heard good things. Um, apparently he's available for around about 10 million. So it'd be interesting to see if Arsenal go in for him and test uh, Olympiacos' resolve. Low Arsenal sticking Nelson and Willock in the starting 11. Let them get butchered in the league and I'm sure they'll grow faster. And by December, you will see that we end up with two world-class players. Uh, Kartik Joshi, thoughts on Genduzi? Hmm. Um, during last season, I was criticised for criticising Matteo Genduzi. And I think a lot of the criticism that I received was because people weren't quite getting what I was saying. They weren't quite grasping what my point was. People thought I was sitting there having a go at a 19-year-old, and that wasn't the case. What I was trying to say was that we shouldn't be in a position where a 19-year-old who's come from the second division in France 
was as heavily relied upon as Matteo Genduzzi was last season. And at times he was brilliant. He was fearless. I give him that. Uh, 10 out of 10 for effort. But at times, Matteo Genduzzi was exposed. His positioning was exposed at times. He'd give the ball away sloppily at times. And that's not a bad reflection of him because of his age and the stage in his career that he's at. But Arsenal were too heavily reliant upon him. And there were some Arsenal fans out there who were blowing smoke up his ass as if he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And for me, he's got a long, 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 long way to come. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, apologies if I'm breezing through some of these guys. I'm going to try and pick out comments for ones who haven't had their comments read so far. Um, because it is time for me to hit the sack, I think. Uh, need a defender who can win the ball in the air. Marco Arigoni. I like that. I agree with that. Can't disagree with any of it. Um, guys, that brings us to the end of another stream, uh, another podcast, another show, another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. We'll be back tomorrow with another video. Until then, take care.